presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people. Joining us for Season 3, Episode 3 of the Wise Words Podcast. I am your humble, honored, hyped, and always handicapping host, Colton Cap'n Colt Soroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best insights and analysis on the market from some of the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all of the sports gambling industry and beyond. Now, my friends, today's episode is going to look a little bit different than what you're typically used to, but we won't waste any time on that. We'll keep the proverbial podcast train steaming on down the tracks, if you will, and we'll get right on into bringing in today's guest of the day. So, my friends, the legend that is joining us for the third episode of season three, as I already said, has a backstory quite similar to mine and uh, actually quite similar to a lot of us who have gotten our start in sports gambling or sports media. So I'm super excited to hear it straight from this horse's mouth, if you will. But as always, my friends, this man is an alumnus of the University of Missouri, Columbia. And uh, after he graduated from there, he pursued a career in accounting and financial analysis where he worked for and is currently working for Ernst & Young and LSC Communications Incorporated. Now, I'm not sure, but speaking from personal experience, I don't know how the transition happened, but I'm thinking there was kind of this cash and tickets moment and he thought that his uh, insights would be of value to the masses so he decided to bring himself live in prime time and that's where you can find him now he is the owner on-air host writer and editor of the th- at rather the three-man weave a safe haven for college hoops junkies and as a matter of fact it comes right out of my backyard the windy city shy city my baby so you know it holds a special place in my heart and he's also a freelance sports betting and college basketball analyst that has his insights frequently featured on the action network picks wise better iq sportsbook review and fade the noise Clearly, my friends, we have plenty to discuss here today, but as always, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome in member of the United States College Basketball and Basketball Writers Association, certified college basketball ticket casher, big brain flexor, and man that resides in sunny Las Vegas, Mr. Jim Root. Welcome in, my man. Welcome in. Let me hit your mic. Welcome in. I have to say something after that, man. I, I, that is the, the deluxe holy F of intros right there. Uh, yeah, I will try to provide at least a quarter of the, the uh, intro that you, you let out there. Hey, man, I, uh, I, it's what I do. I like to, to toss it up, knock it out of the park. It's all residuals. I, I tell all of our guests, man, I'm thinking about stopping doing the content and doing analysis and just kind of follow everybody around that already has their own niche in the space. Just doing intros for them. So 
I am out for hire if you need it. I got your back, my man. But hey, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking some time. I know you're a busy man, especially right now, final four around the corner. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But first things first, I want to know a little bit about you. And so to all of our fans and audience out there, give us a little bit of that backstory I mentioned. I know it teased a little bit, but how did you uh, kind of get your start in the corporate world? What do you kind of, what did you do? What do you kind of do now? And then how did that kind of segue you into sports gambling and where you find yourself uh, firmly positioned with Three Man Weave and uh, producing content all over the place? Yeah, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, grad of University of Missouri, was thinking about like finance and journalism double major. That was the plan when I enrolled. And I didn't love the journalism classes. I went to the, uh, the accounting route, did, did the master's route there. Uh, my dad was an accountant. So I was like, yeah, sure. Safe route, guaranteed paychecks, you know, a stable, stable job market. So that was the thinking. Very, very risk averse, you will note, For of sure. that, uh, that job route. Now here I am gambling but yeah so uh <laughs> went ernst and young in st louis for three years lsc in chicago for three years and then it got to the point with my finance job in chicago that uh, i was probably going to get laid off due to a merger uh, we were going to get bought by a larger company their accounting department would probably take over ours so i started thinking about all right six months down the line what's the plan um and at that point three man weave is probably about five five and a half years old uh, but that had only originated as just like a hobby. Uh, my friends Kai and Matt and I had always talked about college basketball, decided we should stop annoying all of our friends and create a little private channel, had a little uh, group chat discussing it. That grew into a website where we wrote previews. And then I moved to Chicago uh, and they had been there since college and we joined or we started the podcast. So we're able to do that in person, record those. Uh, and it, it really was never something we thought would turn into a fully gambling or be a full-time job. Uh, we were just kind of doing it for the love and we, we were going to talk about it anyways, we figured, so why not record it? Uh, but then we got linked up with a professional gambler about three years ago, three and a half years ago, who had really liked the preview work we'd done. Um, so we worked for him a little bit, tracking some injuries around college basketball. As, as you know, there are 350 teams, so the, that is a difficult thing to track. Uh, so that was kind of the start of, of folding it more into a gambling lens. Basically, he's like, you guys know the rosters. Let me teach you how to gamble. Mm -hmm. um, and so that uh, that was the origination of pivoting more towards that space. And then, you know, the last two or three years, it's really taken off um, because we were in the, we ended up quitting our jobs, which gives us more time to do the, the content aspect. So uh, that's kind of a, a fast forward to the last two or three years. But that's about where we're at right now. I love that, man. I, I didn't want to jump the gun and, and say that you were no longer with LSC because like, hey, I, I do a little bit of research, obviously. And I, I saw on LinkedIn, I didn't know if you were still there or not. Or, but uh, glad to know that you took it full time. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. I respect the hell out of that. I kind of same backstory as me. And, and I, I respect you, Kai, Matt, everybody over there. I know I told you uh, pre-show that I really, really like Three Man Weave and all the content you guys produce over there, obviously being a college hoops junkie myself. So it definitely is a safe haven for me, man. So I really resonate with everything you're saying. And uh, kind of last thing you said there, the sports gambling aspect of it. Now, before we dive into that and kind of get some of your analysis and we'll go all the way down the rabbit hole of the final four and who knows where we end up from there. I, I'm a rabbit hole diver extraordinaire. But that being said, I think you can give some really good insights on this, kind of just based off uh, kind of some of the answer you gave there. And I always ask this to a lot of our guests that maybe 
maybe not younger and it's kind of all across the board we have some some older guests we have some younger guests i won't say older by any means but older than me and you for crying out loud either way i always ask them this and we just get such great thought behind it and have such good uh conversations so my question to you what is your best advice to someone trying to break into sports gambling sports analysis of college basketball content creation or Maybe nothing we do, maybe just somebody who enjoys watching this, but they're chasing a passion or a goal. Notice I didn't say dream, passion or goal. And, uh, and, and, and they're uh, going along that path. What would be your best advice for that person? Uh, specifically to gambling, I'll, I'll start there. Um, it's not about how well you know the sport. I, learned, I had to learn that kind of the hard way um, when we were just like, oh, I know every one of these rosters. I know how these teams play. And I wasn't winning money. like that. It, it wasn't like a immediate knowledge equals income type of thing uh, i had to be taught that numbers matter and the market matters and and kind of figuring out how all that blends into a bet rather than just hey this team shoots a lot of threes the other team gives up a lot boom betting it like sometimes it's not that simple i'd like it to be but it's not uh and then you know it, it, for a more general like anybody pursuing something they're going for uh it's just it takes a lot of work um you know like for five years, I was doing a full-time accounting job. The, the busiest time of the year was January, February, March at my accounting job. Obviously, that's as busy as it gets for college basketball, too. Um, so there would be times where I'd work you know, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., and I'd go home, and I'd write for two hours, and then I'd go back to bed. I'd do it all over the next day. So it, it's, it does, you know, it's kind of cliche, but if it's something you love and you really want to chase, uh, you got to be willing to work for it and go get it it's not going to get handed to you. Uh, so that's, that's definitely one thing I would, I would throw their way. No doubt. I, I love that, my man. And that's something I always say is, is shout out Eric Thomas, ET, the preacher man. If you know of him, uh, he always, uh, always said it's one of his original quotes. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you'll be successful. And I so resonate with that, man. It, doing, doing one thing on the next thing, doing one thing on the next thing, do working a side job on the next thing. And the next thing you know, it's midnight. Oh, it's one in the morning, two in the morning up. Oh, well, better get a couple hours of shut eye, get up in the morning, do it all over again. So yeah, a, qu a quote that somebody uh, I don't remember where I saw it heard it but it was like never wish for something more than you're willing to work for it which mm. is like yeah you can't just want something to happen like right. you have to make it happen I, I thought that was a really good message and something I've tried to take to heart, to heart over the years absolutely I love that man see I, I knew we'd get a good answer out of you we always get good conversation all right now a little bit of a Let's veer this back into sports gambling direction, if you will. Um, now, first things first, kind of along the same thought track, but um, you kind of mentioned it there. I think uh, maybe just a little bit more expansion upon the point that you mentioned there with sports gambling. Um, now, as far as your number one piece of advice, something you come across regularly, whether that be in college, basketball betting, or just betting in general, what is your number one piece of advice for that first time better that's downloading XYZ Sportsbook, coming in, ready to hammer in plays? What would be your number one piece of advice for that person yet the Daily Degenerate can kind of handle from here in time to time? Uh, the number is the most important thing. Like I always try to reiterate to people that for every single game there is, there's a number I'd bet either side. Like I can love the matchup, the spot, everything for one team, but if it's, you know, the number's so incredibly skewed against the way I would set it, then you've got to be willing to take the other side. So don't lock yourself into something uh, just because you like the matchup or whatever it may be. The market is smart most of the time. 
so it, it's about kind of trying to find value on the number. That's really been the start of our approach is uh, previously, I always assumed the market was right and the number was right. And then I'd try to find something that wasn't in there. Now I'm kind of trying to go the other way where I'm going to, I'm going to assume the market's not always right. There's 350 teams. They might not know them that well. So let me try to find a number that I think is a little bit off and over a larger sample, I think that'll, that'll pay off. So yeah, I think that's the one thing I just didn't know was that the market or the number is the most important part. hundred percent. I talk about that day in and day out, as far as even to go down a little bit further of kind of looking into the bed and money splits and what is that number telling you? Where is that number moving? Is it moving inversely to where the money's coming in or is it moving in, in the same direction? And is that fugazi? A lot of the times I'm sure you know as well as I do in college basketball, you can't really buy the steam all the time. There's sometimes that you'll see something that looks like a sharp side and a half and it's like, that's maybe a little bit more monetary liability than I'd like to believe. So I don't know if you got any thought on that, but that's something I really notice all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's specifically to college basketball, because there's so many teams and so much uh, information flying around, the market's not always as efficient. Like I, I would probably say the NFL, the number's right almost all the time. Every, in, like a lot of uh, wealthy people are betting it, smart people are betting it. So there's a lot of money weighing on either side. The information is feeding the market very strongly there. But in college basketball, man, especially this year, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know uh, that if the the line was moving like two or more points one way, that didn't mean that side was winning. Like this year, it was especially true where if you waited till after the market moved and bet the other side, you might have made a little bit of money that way. So it's important to know and read which way the market might move so that you can get the best price. But I wouldn't say, oh, steam's moving one way. You're screwed if you're on the other side. Like I, I just wouldn't uh, lock yourself into that thought process. Just just use the market as a a tool for getting the best price. If it's moving away from you, then wait. If it's moving your way, get in early. Sweet. I'm glad uh, we're on the same page on that uh, aspect because I'm always beating the drums. But you see it below me, wise words. This man is much smarter than I. So listen to him. If he's saying it, maybe I know a thing or two. Who knows? All right, let's keep it moving and grooving, my friend. I uh, love all the good stuff you're dropping down already. We've only been here 13 short minutes, and it's been nothing but a uh, loaded episode already. So let's keep it steaming. Um, next one up on tap. I don't want you to give away your entire handicapping process, right? Like, obviously, we got a little bit of a little bit of allure to what it all is behind the scenes we do. But what are some of the key things you look at when you're handicapping college basketball? Yeah, it's it's pretty much a, a huge number game for me now. Um, I've got a rating on every single team. It's manual, so it's not all based on like an algorithm. I don't punch a bunch of numbers in figured out. But preseason, I give every team a rating. It's usually from around 60 to 100. Um, and that's going to dictate what my spread will be on every game. So if a team is a 100 playing a 60, then on a neutral floor, the spread is 40 points. That would be what I would expect it to be. If I see a, a, a line from the book that's 33, well, I'm betting the T minus 33 because I think it should be 40. And then vice versa for underdogs. Uh, and then there's a bunch of things you, you got to throw in there, like home court advantage. How much is that on a case-by-case -case basis? Uh, injury stuff. If you want to try to make adjustments for matchups, I've kind of been torn over the years whether I want to do that or just let the number do the talking. Uh, but yeah, just all, factoring all in the little details uh, travel and, and that kind of stuff for, for how I want to slightly make tweaks and adjustments to the line, but it all comes back to the, the base rating that I have assigned to every team, which 
again, it's very difficult to maintain with so many teams, but uh, that's that's kind of where I, I feel I have the edge because I'm seeing things or adjusting manually versus just an automatic adjustment based on the score. Like hmm. I, I think a, a great example to go from the NCAA tournament was the Providence Richmond game. Providence was 12 of 22 from deep. Richmond was one for 22, eight for 21 from the free throw line. So I wouldn't view that as a 28 point loss. I'd, I'd kind of look through the numbers and say, well, this, this might've played a lot closer if there was some different shooting luck. So I'm trying to look beyond the box score when I'm doing my rating adjustments. That's, that's the, I guess the, the general gist of it. So two things I'm picking out there, and I also say this a lot. Um, number one, would you say you play numbers and not teams and storylines? Would that be kind of an accurate statement to make? Yep, okay, definitely. I say that all the time. My friends, we play numbers, not teams and storylines. It is so important. And kind of a segue on top of that, would you say that kind of utilizing those models in your handicapping process has really been that thing that's taken you to the next level? Yeah, hundred percent. I, before I was putting ratings and making a number on games, like I said, I was just kind of saying, Oh, this game's minus seven. Let me look at the matchup and try to find an edge there. But now it's, you know, minus seven, I think it should be four and a half and that's more important. And, you know, sometimes that leads to, like you said, we're betting numbers. So I bet on teams that I think stink like, yeah, yeah, or, same, I, same. or even like matchups. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to bet this coach against that coach, but I, I got to trust the number. And that was what really took me from kind of just being a tread water or, or not a great better to being able to make some money doing it the last couple of seasons. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting shift because, you know, I've always been like a, I want to analyze the game and, and watch and know like based on the X and O's what, what's going to happen. But uh, to, to actually succeed gambling, that was not the route. It, it was about the number. It's almost bad, man. You kind of become jaded to it, right? Like you start to really find the numbers and you start to find your process. And it's like, ah, the action will happen if it happens. If my bet doesn't hit, I'm still going to believe in my process. Like, ah, I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I just get jaded. Sometimes I don't even watch the action anymore. And it's like, ah, well, we'll just keep going after it. So, man, I, I resonate with everything you're saying, Jim. I, I really appreciate all of that. I, I hope, uh, hope the audience can get some good insights out of that because I say it all the time, but I also say I'm just a humble dipshit that can barely wipe that word off my forehead. Yeah, I'm, I'm good this morning, so. I think we're in the right place. So hey, we're, I, I, that's, we're, we're, we're both a couple of dipshits just trying to make our work. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I, love I love it, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So um, kind of keeping it moving uh, right along as far as you kind of talk some spreads, you kind of talk some totals, um, stuff in there, kind of the value, how you find there. Are there any other markets? And me personally, I don't really jack around with them because I just think you can find enough value at the high level the, the ones everybody knows spread money line total are there any other markets that you kind of dip your toe into and find that value i haven't yet uh, i've definitely started betting first halves a little more um i've just started, I, I believe they're more of a truer outcome because you don't have some of the shenanigans in late games but i haven't done much with player uh player props yet uh i think that's a a, a, mar a great market for the quant people the people that have the, the better models than me that can write code and they you know, can keep I, it they can yep. keep it. I'm I, fine I don't it. have that. Yeah, that's the, the DFS guys. Those, those daily fantasy guys have 100%. that market cornered. Um, but so, yeah, I, I'm like you. I spread money line uh, totals. That's where I'm looking. For sure. Yeah. And and kind of circle back, you, you mentioned in, in the last question there, just kind of 
some of those just the market can sometimes just not be as accurate and what i've really found is that it's it's really that way in the mid majors man and and i've kind of i've kind of picked up the mid major king title i know uh, i'm i'm slowly i'm slowly working it up more of the bigger names are starting to find out about me starting to find out about my name but uh jeff dawson i uh Shout out my man. I know you met him a couple of uh, days back with my other guys, Sportsbook and Sig. So shout out to all of my guys out there. But um, yeah, man, I, I find the value in the mid-majors because it's so true. Um, the the books will have their thought process of, of what this line should be. And you look at it, it's just like, that's that's four points off of what that should be. And, and this team stinks. Give me that team all day. I love that you say that. I love betting on terrible teams in, in mid-major college basketball. Okay, St. Peter's. St. Peter's, I was cashing tickets on them since January. I mean, they, they, they've been, they been a, just an absolute, just fill up the Brinks trucks, drive them down to the Bayside Production Studios, and dump out the bags because I was just cashing tickets on them left, right, and center. So I attest with everything you're saying, my man. So all that being said, we talked a little, uh, little bit about you, a little bit about uh, people chasing passions, a little sports gambling, a little college basketball, everything in between. Now, the people came here for a specific reason or a specific reason if you're a little dyslexic I don't know but they came for the final four baby you're the college basketball man around these parts and uh I wanted to dish out a little nugget courtesy of our friends over at uh ESPN stats and info before we dove into this this is actually the first final four in tournament history if I don't throw everything around over here first final four in tournament history where all four teams have multiple championships going into it. So UNC's got six, Duke's got five, and then Kansas and Villanova both have three respectively. So absolutely insane, blew my mind. If this isn't one of the most high-level Final Fours we've ever seen out of the freshly minted Caesar Sportsbook Dome in New Orleans, Louisiana, you best believe it's going to get wild down there. I can't wait. So I figured, hey, why don't we talk a little matchups? Why don't we talk a little money bet splits? Um, I'm not going to, obviously, we're not going to put this show out till Wednesday, time of the courting, uh, a Monday, but I'm not going to uh, sit up here and hammer you. What's your doggone picks? I need the totals. I need the spreads. We'll just kind of keep it more uh, light here. So shout out to the Action Network, pulling up my Action Network app here as we speak. I am a subscriber. Love it. Absolutely love it. So as per the Action Network right now at Consensus, uh, first game up on tap, we got it on Saturday at uh, 5.09 p.m. Central, so 3.09 your time, Jim. Uh, Nova against Kansas. That line is at uh, four and a half. It looks like at Consensus, Kansas is the public favorite. 59% of bets, 77% of money wagered on their spread at Consensus again. And then the total looks like the under, awfully low in my opinion, 133 for these two teams playing. Actually not. A little bit of, now I think about it, a little bit of defensive affair, but that's kind of what the public's thinking too. 71% of bets, 64% actual money wagered. I'll yield back. Where's your head kind of at for this game, my man? I was of two minds as, as this line opened. Um, I kind of, I think, probably gravitated towards the the easy, not easy angle, but the natural angle of Justin Moore towards Achilles. Villanova had six mm-hmm. players. They're down to basically five. Are they going to be able to score with Kansas? I was, I was thinking maybe... I would I would back that train and hop on as the favorite and took the money and the and the lines start to rise, and I've I've sort of hesitated on that. Um, I, I think a big part of this matchup is going to be Villanova slowing it down and forcing Kansas to execute in the half court, taking away that transition game. I mean, I watched that the Villanova Houston game. Obviously, it was a, a low scoring, gruesome affair. Uh, and one of the biggest reasons why was Villanova's transition defense. You know, Houston, sure, they missed a lot of shots, but in the second half, 
they were making a point off every defensive rebound. We want to go. We want to push the ball. We want to get easy baskets because Villanova's half-court defense was too good, and they just weren't able to get shots. There, there's a, a benefit to Villanova's defensive game plan. of the, they're, they're very switchable. They switch one through five. They dare you to, to, to beat them in one-on-one matchups, and that's huge for transition D too because they're not like – Oh, I have to run over to Agbaji and you have to get over to Brown. It's I'm guarding the guy that's run the lane by me and that makes it easier to match up in transition. So I'm a little part of me is hoping this line gets up to five or so. And then I would jump in on, on Jay Wright as an underdog. That's that's where I'm at. How, how are you feeling on it, Colton? Yeah, Jim, you, you took the words right out of my mouth because, okay. you know, what Kansas just did? Um, uh, who, who do they just play? Help, help they me! Just out. buried Miami in the Miami. That's right. Oh, Absolutely incredible. Yeah, complete. Yeah, yeah, incredible performance. <laughs> I just went brain dead because yeah, everybody and their dogs is all over Miami again. Speaking of dogs, um, yeah, I looked at this line open and I wanted to lay the four and a half. That's where my mind's at. And then I don't know. You look at Jay Wright in tournament history and what that defense can do. And to use kind of your analysis, that lane integrity, to use a football term, that Villanova has on the hardwood is disgusting. It doesn't matter. You said it. They can match up 1-1-2-2-3-5-1-6. It doesn't matter. They can do whatever they need to do to stop ball, and they stop ball. And I know you are a fundamentals guy. I know you're about tempo. I know you're about the turnovers. I know you're about the rebounds. So that's I am too. That's our game. That's what it's about, and that's why I love Jay Wright and the Wildcats. So I'm going to take some pause, and also just because – my first inkling, like, I, I hardly had even looked at that game, and I just saw 133, and my first thought, oh, that's awful low. That's probably going to go under. And then seeing the public invested in that, I'm kind of thinking contrarian off the bat and going over. I'm not saying it's going to fly, maybe like 137. That's kind of where my thoughts are. I'm 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 with the public on the under. I, I yeah, just I could I could get involved. I know it's mostly a tempo thing. Like there's a chance yeah. both both teams can score efficiently. Uh, I just think Villanova is going to be desperate to keep it slow because of their lack of players. And I mean, you look at some of the the, the previous matchups, previous rounds. Like they they made Houston play real slow. Who you know Houston likes to play slow, but uh, they held Michigan to Michigan's slowest game mm. since I think February 10th. Mm. Uh, and then a, a buddy of mine, I'll, I'll credit Tim Murray over a decent for pointing this out. Hey, shout out. Yeah, last Big year. Big Tim. Oh, yeah. Well, Tim. Uh, after Colin Gillespie got hurt and they were playing in the, the NCAA tournament, they held Baylor to 57 possessions. I, I think that was you know, a very clear statement of purpose of, we admit you probably have the talent edge on us, but we're going to make you grind every single bucket out. And I think that's what we'll see here. Like, I, I'm sure Jay Wright's looking at this and is like, yeah, they have Remy Martin, Christian Brown, Ochai Baji. Those guys can score. But they can't score as well in the half court. So let's mm. make them grind out buckets, play a game. If they can, I'm sure Villanova would love it if this was below 60 possessions, down somewhere around 57 like that Baylor game. Uh, so that's that's what I'm thinking for the tempo, and that just makes me lean towards under. And even if there's some efficiency, I think under is going to be my bet. No, I like that for sure. I do like it to be a grinded out game. I can't disagree with anything you're saying. It just, it feels severe on the public side, but hey, we'll figure it out once we get there. I ain't locking anything yet. I got to see some more stuff going on because it's madness, baby. Come on. It's my best Dickie V impression, if you could. Uh, couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, I was uh, with you. I was with you. <laughs> 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, moving along. Next game, only two. Final four, baby. Uh, this one's 7.49 p.m. on TBS. Uh, will be 5.49 your time. Actually, 7.49 Central. Louisiana is Central time. So, yeah, be this time if you're in Louisiana watching. Uh, same 
same exact number. I did not realize this. I uh, I thought it had moved a little bit. Um, still sitting at four and a half. Looks like pretty much across the market. Um, some places have started to drop it down to four. Uh, Duke UNC is who I'm talking about. Duke is the four point favorite. Yet the public says, uh uh-uh, uh, not so fast. This is where Coach K's farewell tour ends. He ain't winning it, and you know that's what the books want as well as uh, anybody out there right now. UNC 57% of bets, 69% of money coming in on the plus four. Um, Duke is the heavy favorite, minus 200 money line odds, uh, 67% of bets, 83% of money coming in on their money line. And then uh, last but not least, the under is heavily favored by the public as well here. 151 is the total, 66% of bets, 60% of money coming in at consensus. My friend Jim, what say you? I will own that I have not thought about the total much yet on this game. I'm going to have to probably think more on it. Hmm. I, I, my natural inclination is to think over because Duke has been kind of an over machine lately. Uh, I believe it's, I'm looking at now, I think it's like nine of their last 11 games have gone over. Carolina obviously is quite all right with a track meet. Sure. Uh, from the side perspective, the number is interesting. So at at Duke, the, the, the Blue Devils laid three and a half. And so that's with home, or excuse me, at Carolina, it was three and a half. Uh, and at Duke, it was 11. So that's telling me on a neutral, these two teams are about seven and a half, seven. And I get that Carolina has played a ton better lately. And that's a big factor in why this line is down around four, four and a half. But Duke's playing great too, man. Like they're in the final four. They've they've rolled a couple of teams, the, the late the final 10 minutes against Texas Tech. And then really the mm. whole uh, second half against Arkansas was mega impressive. So I just, th- to me, this is, we talked about number early. I just think this number's a little low. Uh, I, I think it should be up around five and a half or six, probably six would be about what I'd make it. So I'm going, I'm going blue devils here. I, I, I don't think I can disagree with you. I think it's very interesting that all the public is taking, uh, taking the points with UNC. And then it looks like all the money's coming in on, on Duke on the money line. I tend to kind of think that's just some, some uh, nonchalant betters adding Duke to a parlay, whatever they need to get those to get those odds up. And I, I just don't tend to believe that many sharps are coming out of the woodwork because in, in case you guys didn't know, not many sharps are, you know, like putting their face live in prime time on the screen. They're kind of in a hole somewhere that you'll never find them. So I tend to believe that they're probably not betting minus 200 odds at any point in their lifetime. But who am I? So that's kind of where I'm seeing that. And I think the public's just all over UNC. So. I'm down being contrarian with you, my man. I'll zig when everybody else zags. Let's get wild. Let's take the Blue Devils. Coach K rides on. Um, and then as far as that total, too, yeah, I, I I do lean over as well. That 151 still does seem just a little bit low. I, I could see this one even going in the 160s. Like you said, with the track meet, I could see both teams trying to outboat race each other, and I, I don't think they can do it. So I think it'll just keep going up and up and up for sure. Yeah, I got to dig into that a little more. And then one, one other thing on the side, and I've kind of been saying this all year, uh, is I think Duke's best game is better than basically anyone else's. I mean, oh, they have five NBA draft picks on the roster, uh, potentially first-round picks, uh, including a couple lottery guys. So that that has just always, you know, I've been like, whenever Duke is locked in for a game and engaged, that they've played up really well. Now that that ran into some some cracks in that, uh, ran into some flaws late in the year. The home game against UNC oh. being the most notable example. Uh, I wonder how much of that had to do with some tension worried about coach K's final home game. Uh, and I was considering that for the, the NCAA tournament, like starting in the second or third round, I was like, ah, oh, maybe they're going to be a little nervous about coach K and late they'll tense up, hmm. but they've been amazing down the stretch of games. So I don't think that is a narrative I'm going to factor in at all. 
it, it, it's more to me about this Duke team has the NBA talent and they're starting to, to really play to it. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. And and hate them or love them, Duke is, is always going to be on top. Not the underdogs on top. Shout out 50, but uh, it's always going to be Duke, man. Here they come once again. Krzyzewski's last year, and, and look what he's doing. So, I mean, obviously the books will hate it, but I guess if I'm going to kind of put a cap on top of this whole Final Four conversation, my national championship pick would be Duke. I'm just with how well the public has done all year, all March Madness long so far. I don't want to get all the way in the boat because I am contrarian. I love betting the longest odds on, on something like this, but yeah, I think this is Duke time. They they got the most titles out of this group too, so I think they can push tempo with anybody. If if they face Kansas or um or um if they face Villanova, I, I think either way they're going to be able to uh, control tempo in that game too. So that's why I lean. How about you? Yeah, after they got by Texas Tech, I, I added a significant chunk of plus 400 on the Blue Devils because I was just like, I, I think this team has it. I think they've they've passed the late game test that I was worried about. And I don't, you know, the narrative doesn't matter to the handicap, the Coach K thing, but mm. it just feels like it. And yeah. I'm, I'm a known Duke detractor and disliker. <laughs> I, I have plenty of podcast stuff going Here back, writing where I'm, I'm grumpy with Coach K, but I will not sit and make zero dollars when that man goes out on top. I, I had to make sure I got in on that uh, potential gravy train. Well, everybody's seen the meme, man. Everybody's seen him walk over to the ref and whisper in his ear, like, hey, hey man, come on now. You, you you know this is my last run. Like, come on, can't you just call an extra foul? Like, put him on the line. Like, we can, yeah, we can, we can this is the last run. Come on, we'll take care of you for life. I mean, yeah. I, it, that's just the way it feels, man. I know that's all love and fun of the game, but I, it just, that's the way it feels to use what you said, man. It, it just, you, you scroll through Twitter and it's just like the books are running in fear in the other direction, trying to get people to hammer in anybody they possibly can. And I, just i think they're going to get crushed for sure so i love your insights on that my man hey dude giving giving you what i can this is all i got <laughs> I, it might not be great but i'm, I'm giving hey, it all man. to you <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like me dude i'm like hey you know what i don't know shit about fuck at the end of the day i just kind of show up and talk about it and have fun and hey i cash tickets so that's just kind of what we do and and uh i i hope you enjoyed hope you enjoyed being here man i appreciate the hell out of you stopping by and sharing your knowledge and insights i mean i i definitely look up to you in the industry and, and hope to kind of follow a a similar path because uh you're definitely killing it and uh definitely dropping bombshells here all day long nothing but wise words so definitely before we go any further i appreciate the hell out of you for stopping by taking some time out of your schedule yeah, thank you for having me. And it's it's fun to do something like this because I'll be honest, I don't feel like I have this established spot in the industry yet. I still feel like I'm I'm scratching and clawing. So sure. it's cool that there are people that you know that read the stuff, watch the stuff, look and enjoy it. Uh, it's a reminder that hey, maybe I should keep making it, keep keep working on the content. Hundred percent. You know, it's 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 it, the the journey's never over. Let's pause, let's put it that way. I love that. It's always uh, you reach that mountaintop and then you look to your left and like, oh, that peak looks pretty nice. Let's see what we can do about that one. So, Absolutely. I love it. We're on the same page there, my man. So when college basketball stops, March is over. We sleep in May. CC John Rostein, my man, our man. What the hell do you do, dude? Do you just like go into hibernation? Do you go to the Caribbean? I mean, you already live in sunny LV, so you're catching the, the rays. Where the hell do you need to go? What the hell do you do, dude? Yeah, I'll do a, I, I'll go straight from New Orleans to a little mini vacation uh, down to Florida, visit visit family, uh, do some of that. And then this will only be the second off season where I just truly did not have 
like a, tr a job, a plan. Uh, so I'm going to try to figure that out. Something a little more long-term what the, what the path is going to be. Um, but I don't know. It's, it, I kind of been taking, especially for the last two or three years, been going year by year, uh, day by day almost. Mm. And, uh, yeah, once the season ends, there'll be a lot of thinking, a lot of hopefully planning and, uh, just starting to prep for next season already. I, before I hopped on with you, I was starting the arduous task of rolling forward all 358 rosters. Um, so, you know, you got to start somewhere. The transfer portal is going to make it um, oh. you know, always an adventure. But uh, we, we've got our master document and it's you know helpful for ranking teams. And I'll be trying to bet some futures as soon as they're out on April 6th or whatever. That they're going to be available. Uh, so, yeah, just um, always always looking ahead and trying to figure out what the next step is. I love that, my man. The grind never stops. I'm on the same exact page, already trying to kind of look into next year and, okay, what is this team going to do? This team got kind of ousted. I think they can make a move next year. And speaking of transfer portal, uh, big fan of U of I. Uh, I went to ISU, but big fan of I, U of I nonetheless. Had some buddies that went there. Andre Curabalo, or Curabello hit the uh, transfer portal today uh, just about an hour before we started uh, recording here on Monday. I I'm beside myself. I, I guess I kind of saw it coming, but also I just – that. That was bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I kind of figured after this year where it had been like Trent Frazier's show, next year, the, the keys to the car are Mr. Cabello's if he wants them. 100%. Like, ball's going to be in his hands, 35 minutes a game. Figured he'd be running the show um, and, and maybe would live up to the preseason All-American hype that he had gotten coming into this year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can't fault the guy for trying to see what his options are. You know, maybe he's heard through the grapevine that one of the other powerhouse schools really wants him to come run the show. That's, you know, always a symptom of this portal is that there's potential poaching going on. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what he does. I, I didn't even see if he's leaving the, the door open for a return to Illinois. I would imagine he, he probably is, but he's instantly one of the, the big names out there. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm very interested to see. Uh, this will drop uh, Wednesday, 12 p.m. Central Time. I'm very interested to see what type of news has come out about that by then. So I, I would imagine he's going to probably move a little bit quicker than some of those other names because he is he's a big name. He's just like, uh, then again, it could be um, just like Coburn. Coburn last year shopped his name. He's in the portal, this, that, and the third, and then he ended up just coming back home. No problem, no harm, no foul. So it could be kind of the same situation. Hey, I just want some extra love. Make sure I get my damn minutes or I'm going to stick in this transfer portal. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Now, that's that's the I, leverage. That's that, his leverage. That, that, that's his leverage too. And also, hey, maybe I'll go get an NIL deal over here now. Yeah, I forget about those now that they got all that action. We had uh, Mike Blewett on uh, to start the uh, season off here, season three, and we talked all about NIL deals and everything like that, man. And it's just – the world that is getting created over there now. Uh, Doug Eater getting sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings, just being a stone-cold killer. I mean, it's it's an awesome thing for college basketball players. I, I was a little against it at the beginning because, obviously, you know, no school in general really teaches really good financials, right? And I'm sure you can kind of attest to that, being somebody in accounting and financial background. Like, they just don't do that. And, and let alone the athletes, because I hung out with a lot of athletes in college. I was really tied with the football team, with the basketball team at ISU, Illinois State. Um and, and I just see that. So I was kind of against it at the beginning, but man, if they can provide something for their families and, and go beyond what, what it is, man, I, I love those NIL deals for sure. Yeah. That's where I ended up landing is look, they, they should be able to profit off that. If, if someone is willing to pay them for it, then there's a market, you know? Yeah. Yep. Then they, they can take that money and I guess do with it as they please. And then every, every so often you get a guy like Hunter Dickinson that mentioned it as a big reason he came back to college because he could make some money. Hmm. So 
in that sense, it strengthens the sport, which I love college basketball. So any way we can strengthen it, sure, let's do it. Sign me up. I am all about college basketball over NBA every single day of the week and five times on Sunday. Not even a question, not even a coin flip. I'm all about it. So, hey, I appreciate the additional questions. I appreciate the additional little filler there. We just went down a couple of rabbit holes, didn't even have anything. So I appreciate all that. always love when uh, the guests can kind of help me spin down some rabbit holes uh, and we can find out what's going on in the world of sports gambling and beyond. So appreciate you for sure. Now... If I don't blow out all of our uh, headphones and everything in between, pardon me. Um, last but not least, this is a this is a full. Hey, we're real human beings here at this show, my friends. There ain't no editing. You're gonna see that happen. This it it all happens. It is it is what it is around here. But I always like to uh, lean back, shut my mic off, shut up for a minute, and let our guests have the complete floor. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we consume all of your content, Mr. Jim Root? Man, you'd think I'd be better at answering this question by now, but uh, I'll, I'll do what I can. Uh, everything is routed. If, you, if you're just looking for everything, it's going to be at the 3MW underscore CBB Twitter handle. That's that's the one that me, Kai, and Matt all share. Uh, we'll retweet any show appearances, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. But more specifically, we're on the Action Network. Uh, we do a live show, Big Bets on Campus with Stucky. I'm sure a lot of the, the gamblers are familiar with that name. Uh, we do uh, podcast episodes there as well, previewing the games. We'll have a, I think we're recording that tomorrow on Tuesday. So it should be out by the time this episode is out. Uh, we'll have some some live stuff from New Orleans with the Feel of 68, the best bet show we do for them. That'll be going. Uh, and then a couple uh, extra spots for me. I'll be at, at PicksWise with some written best bets and then also their, uh, their daily, or not daily show, uh, a betting special for the final four. I'm doing a preview for that. We're recording that on Tuesday as well. So, There'll be all kinds of content out there. If you if you didn't hear enough of my awful nause, nauseating voice here, there's there'll be more of it out there. Uh, but be sure to check it out. I appreciate any any support people throw my way. Absolutely, man. You know, you'll be getting love and support from the TTL crew. You'll be seeing it from my page as well. I can't wait to uh, see that stuff with Pixwise. I'm a big fan of Pixwise. We had Jared Smith on the show. That's my guy. I uh, love yep. them. Love everybody over there. A uh, lot, a lot, a lot of respectable names in the industry. So. My uh, my pleasure to have you on and uh, be able to chat with you because you might say ah, I'm just I'm just a humble today. You're bumping elbows with some big names, my man. So let me let me give you a little let me give you some flowers as the kids would like to say nowadays. <laughs> let me give you your due where it's due, my man, because you're a grinder, you're a killer, you're a hustler. Real recognizes real, and uh, I I can definitely attest to that, my man. So if you guys aren't following at Second Chance Points, Jim Root, the legend, the man, the myth, the college basketball ticket casher extraordinaire you better get on it right here right now we only got a few more college basketball games up on tap did i get it right in the uh in the ticker as well 3mw underscore cbb yep you nailed it. it is oh, right yeah. there three man weave you can also go to three man weave.com as well yeah three dash man dash weave.com we have cool. the worst url in the game and we're proud of it i don't i guess we're proud of it I someday it, we'll, we'll maybe correct it but you know it works, it works i love it <laughs> Dude, I'll have to uh, I'll have to hit you guys up on the back end. Uh, get Kai and Matt on here too. Maybe we can do a whole uh, little TTL 3MW mashup. A little some wildness if you liked how if you had a good time here. I don't know. Maybe we talk about a post show. Who am I? Who's to say? What do I know? I'm just a humble host, Colton Cabot, Colt Sroka. <laughs> that all in between, my man. Unless you uh, thought of anything late, last second, breaking that you wanted to get out, tell the fine folks out here that signed up to join us here today. I don't think I have anything else. Thank you for having me. This was, this was a blast. Uh, it, it's different than normal shows because I feel like I've been talking about only the games over mm. and over and over. It was refreshing to have a little more of a 30,000-foot view on stuff. 
Hell yeah, man. That's what that's what I said. That's what uh, what we like to do over here, man. Just kind of uh, kick back, put the feet up, and be uh, normal humming beans for once, because we can get so into the doggone analysis that uh, it'll cause paralysis, if you will, and then that's yes. all we'll be into. So. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day and hanging out. And to all of you that decided to stop by Season 3, Episode 2 of the Wise Words Podcast. From myself, your humbled, honored, hyped, and always handicapping host, Colton, Captain Colt Soroka, and the legendary Jim, college basketball ticket cashing extraordinaire, Root. We thank you so much for choosing to stop by today. We hope you have a spec spectacular rest of your Wednesday unless you have any other plans and as per usual my friends let's cash some tickets <laughs>